Well, this morning we're going to continue in our series on how to be rich. The last couple of weeks, we've been covering Revelation 3, where God tells us, or the Laodicean, us through the Laodicean church, that what we should do is recognize that to the extent we have worldly uh, riches, and those riches cause us to rely on them and think, I have need of nothing, that that's actually making us miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And what God admonishes us to do is buy gold from Him. And how does He tell us to buy that gold? What's the key? Listening. Listening, okay. And He says, if you'll hear my voice, hear my knock, open the door, I'll come in and have a meal with you. We can talk about how to live life effectively. And we looked at four different categories of things that the Bible tells us to do in order to listen. One, of course, is to read the Bible. Another one is to listen to godly wisdom from people who are living according to God's way. Another is to listen to nature. The heavens declare the glory of God, uttering speech day after day. And the fourth is to listen to the Spirit. The Spirit is actually talking and Jesus said, I'm sending the Spirit to tell you stuff uh, that I can't really tell you right now because you couldn't bear it right now. But after I leave, the Spirit's going to tell you all these things. And just as though He was there in person. So the Spirit is speaking to us as well. So I went back and looked at uh, an Old Testament book wondering were these four things in it. And I looked at the book of Proverbs and lo and behold, it's there. We could call this lesson today same yesterday, today and forever perhaps because there it is. So let's, let's look at Proverbs 8.10. Proverbs, we're going to spend our day in Proverbs today. So Proverbs 8.10 Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. Doesn't that sound a lot like buy from me gold refined in the fire? And how do you get it in Proverbs? In Revelation you get it by listening, opening the door, fellowshipping with How do you get rubies and something better than ruby, greater riches than rubies and silver here? In 8.10. Receive my instruction. instruction. What do you have to do? If you sit in a class, like if you're going to get anything out of this that we're doing right now, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to listen, right? If you... You could get something even bigger out of it by tuning me out. That's always a possibility. But if you're going to get anything about out of what I'm saying, you're going to have to listen. And so we're listening to God here, receive my instruction, receive knowledge from me, and what does that turn into? Wisdom. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is just receiving knowledge from God. So the Old Testament principle that we looked at in Revelation 3 is just simply wisdom. Let's look at 8.19. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. So we know that if you have gold or silver, you can invest it and create an income stream. And God's saying, I'll give you a much better income stream. I'll give you a much better yield on your crop if you'll seek wisdom. Go back to 3 in verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Wisdom and understanding are basically synonyms in this, in this uh, uh, book. They're, they're different words, but they're used as, as uh, like a play on each other. For her profits are better than the profits of silver. And her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. That is wisdom. Same basic idea. Look at 1616. 
You'll see the same principle there in 1616. How much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Well, wisdom is obviously of incredible value. Just look at, uh, go back to 3 again and look at 19. You can start to get a hint as to why. 319, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. Has, have you ever heard anybody say they wanted all the money in the world? By the way, if somebody had all the money in the world, what would that make everybody else? You'd end up by yourself pretty fast if you had all the money in the world. Or you'd have a lot of children to take care of, one or the other one. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up. So this wisdom is something that actually is the ability to do the most amazing thing you can think of. Personify wisdom, yeah. To a deity or an aspect of God. Um, uh, well, uh, Proverbs does that. You, yeah. you start at she is to be sought. Yeah. yeah. And look at 3 1. 3 1. My son, um, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Peace. Long life. Um, this, is, this is kind of what we like to have. And see here that you can see wisdom is basically just, once again, knowledge and understanding. It's reality as reality is. Um, Look at 1, 1 through 3. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. So this is a thousand years before our Laodicean church letter. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple. So, wisdom is instruction. Wisdom is perceiving the words of understanding. It's not just listening. It's listening with understanding. And it brings about justice, prudence, and the simple. In the LXX, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, it has two words, uh, justice and truth. And the justice word is our old friend, diakosune. It's, it's the word that's translated righteousness or righteous in the book of Romans, where that that word shows up over 50 times in the book of Romans. Justice, or just. And so wisdom actually leads to justice and truth. Or justice and truth are the essence of wisdom. And in Romans, what is righteousness? What is it? It is when we live a life consistent with the way God made the world. It's living reality as reality actually is. You know, one of the big problems we have as people is trying to bring about harmony of all things by doing what? What is our tendency to do? Well, how do we make it about me? How do I make everything harmonious? Yes, I control it to my desires, right? So if I'm controlling everything to meet my desires, if I was doing that, what would all of you do? Wait on me. Yeah, you'd wait on me, do what I ask you to do. And would you be then enjoying life? as You'd be wishing you were in my shoes, probably. And would I be happy? What I would be is alone in short order. And we see this, our friends in Africa, poor, poor things. Every time they find a new diamond mine or a new oil strike, there's always a war. Because one group of people wants that stuff so they have power to conform things to their desires. The earth fills with violence because of this. Communism or Marxism, which is a dominant view around the earth, one of the 
contrasting views to Christianity, promises worldwide harmony. It asks people to give their life for worldwide harmony. We just need to kill a bunch of people first. And people buy into this thing. It's what our heart longs for, for harmony. Well, we can actually get it. And we get it by listening to God and living life His way. And we're going to see a lot in Proverbs about what that looks like. Well, does Proverbs have these four categories? It most certainly does. We read 3, 1 through 3. My son, do not forget my law. Let my heart keep my commandments. That's nothing more than memorize the scripture. And most certainly, memorize the scripture is one of our uh, four categories that we have. Write it on your heart. So that's more than just memorizing. What is that? Yeah, applying and having those lessons really be a part of your life. So it's more than just uh, memorizing the verse. It's taking it into your life and making it a part of it. The Scripture. Uh, let's look at uh, three eleven through 12. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor resist His correction. When we come to the Scripture, what should our main motivation be? Talking to me, yeah, listening. What, what, do you want, what do you mainly want to get out of the Scripture, though, when you come to it? What should our attitudes be? Correction. Correction. Yeah, how, how can I change? How can I change from my way to God's way? It's more typical for us to come to the Scripture for justification. Yes, yes, what can I use to hit somebody over the head with here? How can I validate whatever I already think? But the Scripture is here to correct us. What are we correcting from? Destructive way into a profitable way. A way that brings us great riches. Because it's bringing us harmony. Look, let's just think about it rationally for a minute. If we, everybody wants to be rich so that they can conform circumstances to the way they want it to be, right? I want to create a perfect environment for myself. I want to... I want to uh, have other people treat me the way I want them to treat me. And you, you can pay people to be nice to you. There's some, there's some right over here and there's two back there. As a matter of fact, if you're, if you're wealthy enough or powerful enough or what, the people that hate you will even be nice to you. In fact, probably most of the people that are nice to you actually hate you if you want to get, if you want to get it all the, right, all the way down there. Is that Proverbs? <laughs> probably. It's probably in there. Actually, it is. it is. It is in there, yeah. It's something along the lines of if, if, if a deceiving person's a flatterer, don't listen to them, something like that. Um, so so what, what God's telling us here is here's how to actually not try to conform circumstances to what you want. So what, what you find out is if you allow, if you have enough power to cause all your desires to happen, usually what you do is destroy yourself a lot faster. Most of us are in self-destructive mode of some kind, but we're pacing ourselves because of lack of resources. <laughs> and then suddenly you get all this money. You don't have to pace yourself anymore. Um, do you remember this uh, Anna Nicole Smith? Do you remember that lady that married the 85-year-old billionaire and was really famous for a while? And what she last? Three years before she was dead? Something like that? But she, she didn't have to pace herself anymore. And I, I heard some people interviewed after that, because it's really tragic. And I heard some people interviewed after that, and they said, well, you know, she went out in a flame of glory. She got what she wanted. It was a great life. Okay. I guess some people you just can't convince through any amount of experience. But what, what God's telling us here is, Instead of trying to conform everything to us, which brings about violence, war, misery, self-destruction, what I'm going to do is help you understand how to fit into life as it is, like I made it. Uh, by the way, I have enough wisdom, God says, where I, since I actually made all this, I have the owner's man, you know, I can tell you how this works. And this is how to get this harmony that you're seeking. And you don't have to get money to do it. If you do this wisdom thing, money will flow your way, likely. But that's not going to be what makes you rich. 
What's going to make you rich is living this kind of life. So, reading the Bible certainly is in here, and that's one of our four categories. What about listening to the Spirit? I was wondering if that would be in Proverbs. It's not there a lot, but it's there. Look at 123. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my Spirit on you and make my words known to you. Isn't that interesting? This is before the Holy Spirit came in to dwell in us, which was the new mystery thing that happened after the day of Pentecost. But it's not, it was not a new thing for God's Spirit to talk to people. And He says here, look, if you'll, if you'll listen to me, I'll come in with my Spirit and make sure you understand what I'm saying. A thousand years before, Old Testament. 3-3. Um, three, three. Oh, no, no, no. I'm in the wrong spot. I'm looking at the wrong notes. Suddenly I lost... Oh, here it is. 16-1. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So it's good for us to prepare, but when the moment comes, God will tell you what, to, what that you prepared you need to say. Well, isn't that exactly what uh, he told the apostles in Acts? Be ready, but I'll give you the words to speak when the time comes. The Spirit's talking. The Spirit's leading, even in the Old Testament. And in... Uh, 17.3, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. So here he is, he's still dealing with the heart and still talking to people, even in the Old Testament. So God doesn't change. What he does is he uses circumstances and, and cultures and, and individuals. He meets us where we are. If it's a Greek world, he speaks to people in Greek. It's a Hebrew world. He speaks to people in Hebrew. So, we talked about four things that, four different ways we can listen. And listening brings wisdom. Wisdom brings true riches. Read the Bible. It's here. Listen to the Spirit. It's here. What about nature? Well, the most clear nature one here in Proverbs is in 6 6. 6 6. Go to the ant. If you want to understand wisdom, if you want to understand true riches, something that's better than silver, better than gold, better than rubies, go watch some ants. I remember one time uh, David, who's, who's not the most introverted, uh, studious person that we have. He's much more of a shiny object person. And we had him in Boy Scouts, and, one of, and we were, he was doing some uh, merit badge. I think it was environmental science. And you had to spend like an hour or two hours observing nature. And so, and he really enjoyed that for about three minutes. <laughs> then he was ready to do something else. But, you know, I just exhorted him, you just have to do it. Well, uh, I came back and he was totally into what was going on in front of him. And had lost, he had lost his sense of time, really, because he got interested in ants. And these ants were scurrying all around, and all of a sudden they all dived into their hole because a cloud had come over. And when the cloud shadow hit, they dove into their hole, and he just totally captured his imagination. How do they know? They don't have AccuWeather on their iPhones. You know, how do they know this is happening? And uh, then he started looking at their trails and, you know, all the trails they do and the big stuff that they got on their back hauling around. They're really fascinating Christians. When I was a, when I was a, a, a teenager, I had a beehive in Big Spring. Man, I tell you what, I spent hours with that thing. It was so much fun. I would catch the drones and put, the drones can't sting. And I'd tie a piece of thread on them and, you know, do it like walk them like a dog. And... <laughs> I had all kinds of great games, but you, you just sit and watch these things, and, and they're amazing. They had little guards that would every 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 uh, bee that came in the hive, they'd sniff them, you know, to make sure the right people are coming in. They had scouts, and they've got uh, and they've got little they do these little dances to tell everybody where to go get the flowers. They're amazing, and the and the point of this is, 
Go to the ant, you slugger, consent her, her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O, slu- o sluggard? What there isn't in a beehive or an ant farm, either one, is are any taskmasters. There's no, there's no bee out there. Get out there and get that, get those flowers. They just, they just go work. And and what Proverbs is saying here, you can learn something from watching these guys. When everybody does what they do best for the hive, it prospers. Remember Romans. How does righteousness exhibit itself? If you want to live by faith and produce righteousness, which is 1 through 11, what does it look like in 12? When you get to 12 and you have your reasonable service of worship and you're going to now take these principles and, and live them from it with an inside-out life, live them from the heart, which is the righteousness of faith, what does it look like? What's the very first thing he tells you to do in Romans 12? You be a living sacrifice. What does it look like? What does a living sacrifice look like in 12? Use your gifts. Use your gifts for? The body, the hive. You know, do what you do best. If you're a guard, then be a guard. If you're a scout, be a scout. If you're good at packing pollen back and forth, go pack pollen back and forth. Do what you do best. Take your gift and serve other people. That's how you make righteousness happen. Harmony takes place when everybody does what they do best. Well, we can read that in Romans 12, or we can go look at an ant bed. Now, there are some things you can do with ant beds that aren't good. When I was like three, two, three, I, I hung around the neighborhood back, back when people went outside. <laughs> and the older boys would always dare me to sit in the ant beds. And I did. They were older boys. No, not just once. <laughs> I'm persistent. And I would come home crying and my mom would say, Did you say it in the ant bed again? <laughs> so there's ways to not learn. You can also study. Look at 120. When we're talking about looking at the world and understanding nature, we're talking about looking at cause-effect. God made things in a cause-effect relationship. 120, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. You just go into the street. Look at the markets. Watch the way people interact with one another. You can learn a lot from that if you'll just pay attention. Uh, In fact, you can also, if if you go to 8.3... It's got basically the same thing, except this time, instead of in the streets, it says she cries out by the gates of entry. Well, the gates of entry was where the politics happened. That's the courts. That's the political sphere. You can kind of get sick of politics if you want to. It's easy to do. Why do people hate politics? Yeah, everybody's making it about themselves. You can learn a lot from watching that. Does it create harmony? Are people there trying to serve the body with their gifts? That's why you hate it. It's an example of what not to do. When you get inside, there are some people that are really awesome. Probably the only reason that the host is still alive. All the you know, you get a certain number of parasites, and pretty soon the host dies. And uh, we're we're headed down down that direction. But there's some great people keeping it alive. So we have. Read the Bible, we have listen to the Spirit, we have look at nature, all right here in Proverbs. The other one is listen to others. And we've got listen to others as well. Look at 5.1. This is an interesting one. This is probably my favorite one. And it gives you a contrast. It says, My son, pay attention to wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. So here it's actually telling you listen to godly people, not ungodly people. And the the primary ungodly person is immoral women. Um, You have kind of a contrast in the scripture, in this uh, Proverbs passage rather. Immoral women and violent men seem to be the two patterns. And it says... 
Listen to God, not immoral women. Now, where do immoral women talk to us in our culture, guys? Where you hear immoral women all the time. What are they usually trying to do? Sell you what? Yeah, sell you beer. Beer, oh, absolutely, man. If you want to solve all your problems, buy that beer. And then all your problems with women will be gone. All your problems will be gone. Shaving cream. Certain kinds of shaving cream, if you buy the right kind, that all your problems disappear. Ford trucks. Yes, Ford trucks. You know, it goes on and on. But, you know, don't listen to that. Uh, go to somebody, ask, ask someone who has a Ford truck whether it's any good or not. That's a lot better. That's, that's the basic idea. And it goes on to tell you the anecdote for this. This is, the, this is the, probably the most important thing I'll say today. Um, let's see. Here you are in 15, 515. Drink water from your own cistern. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. The way to prevent from listening to immoral women is have a lot of sex with your wife. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's Vince. If you go to Vince's oneness course, that's basically all he says the whole time. <laughs> Vince is old, too. <laughs> I, said that to, uh, I said that to Terry, and I said, I guess, you know, wife of the youth. He said, no, 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 it's not young wife. It's wife of your youth. You just you stick with it a long time. Good point, good point. That's... Okay, so uh, we'll listen to others. Is certainly there. Uh, 1-8. My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Why is listening to your parents a good thing? They've been there, right? They've seen people in the street get run over. They know it's a good idea not to go play in the street. They know which streets are safe and which streets aren't safe. They've seen electricity fry things. They know it's good not to stick your tongue in a lock socket. They know that. They know biting on an extension cord is a bad idea. They know it from experience. They know not to sit in ant beds. What's that? Yeah, they know about ant beds. I mean, you could take their word for it or you can experience it yourself. Um, So this is the principle again. Talk to people who've been there. Talk to people who've been through it and and, uh, gain, gain benefit from that. And 1226... 1226, no surprise this one is here. 1226, the righteous, it's this same word again, the one who wants harmony in life, the wants the body to fit together and everybody do what they do best. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. You will be influenced by the people you're around. So... Be careful about who you spend a lot of time with. Okay, so that's the four categories. Listen to the Spirit. It's here in Proverbs. It's been there a thousand years. Watch nature. Read the Bible. Put it in your heart. Listen to other people who are godly people. Avoid people who are not godly people. Well, so if we do that, what would life look like? According to Proverbs, what are some categorical things? Uh, Proverbs, you could you could spend uh, entire lessons on a couple of verses. What I'm going to try to do is just look at some categories of things that, if we live this life, we're, if we're listening to God, if we're putting His Word in our heart, what should it look like? What what are some keys where we can say, well, if my life's not doing that, maybe I'm not listening closely enough. Well, let's look at some things. First category I looked at here is appetites. And the basic thing is if you're living life God's way, you're not going to be controlled by your appetites, which is a really good thing. We just looked at one of them sexual appetites, a very strong urge. And what he says is there's nothing wrong with that appetite, channel it in the right way. Get a wife when you're young. You know, people are are marrying later and later these days. One of the main reasons they are is because they're marrying early. Because in the Bible, marriage is not a piece of paper. Marriage is having sex with somebody. If you go look at 1 Corinthians 6, it says, uh, Do not 
combine yourself with a harlot because if you because this was standard practice in Corinth, you know that you'd go go down on the weekend and go to the temple prostitutes or whatever. So he's telling them this standard practice in your city is not a good practice for you. And he says because when you join yourself together with someone, you're joining the spirit with them, and the two shall become one flesh. And you're joining the spirit of God with a harlot. You shouldn't be doing that because oneness is oneness. You won't see anything in the Bible about ceremonies and certificates you'll hear about parties but yeah, what's happening is people are just getting married without saying they're married and it's interesting I read an article about uh, saying that uh, Christian youth the divorce rates just as high as non-Christian youth and a lot of times it's because they feel the pressure to get married early instead of just living together and yeah, I thought, that, yeah, that's a messed up idea. The guys that are living together are just as married as the ones that went and got the party. They just didn't spend the money. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the only real difference. Well, get married early. Stay with that wife for a long time. Be intimate for a long time. Don't stop being intimate. This is a way to channel our desires our appetites in the right way. The other way is just chasing them all over the place, imaginary women on the internet or whatever whatever ends up controlling you. Don't be controlled by those appetites. Look at... So, go ahead. Paul also says, though, if you could be like him, be single as well, though, right? Yes, there's another way to... Yeah, because if you're... Um, before you're married, the way to channel that is in abstinence. And and that is and that's an appropriate thing to do as well. It's not always in. As a matter of fact, the next thing we have says that twenty five twenty seven. It's not good to eat too much honey. Okay, everybody here like cocoa puffs. How many boxes should you eat for breakfast every morning? You know, there's only so many cocoa puffs that anybody ought to eat. And in fact. You know, type 2 diabetes and things are becoming a, a more and more standard as our diets deteriorate. And it's mainly because the American metabolism is slowing down, right? We can't help it. Well, you know, there's a lot we can do, actually. And it says, you know, hey, honey's great up to a point. And so this is the same point that you're making, Wally, that... Uh, it, there's a discipline involved with this too, just saying, mm, I think I won't eat another bite. Or I'm not going to put another helping on my plate, or whatever it is. So our appetites, there comes a point where we say, you know, this is not good for me anymore. Uh, and, and it's interesting here, just, just by this honey, is it's so to seek one's own glory is not, is not glory. It's not a good idea to always be looking for uh, someone, someone's uh, affirmation. Um, I don't, have you, anybody ever seen Brian Regan's gag on the Me Monster? You had never seen that? I can't, I can't reproduce it, but it's, uh, it's really great. He's talking about being in a party, and you got somebody that's just talking about themselves all the time. You know, me, 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 me. And he says, you know, I, I was sitting there and finally got it, and I, I decided to just throw in a story. Just, I can't let this guy dominate all night. And when I got done, the guy says, Oh, yeah? That's nothing. I'm sorry to waste everybody's time. You know, he's in, and at the end, he says, uh, You know, I wish I had been one of the guys that walked on the moon. I would always have a story that could up <laughs> that guy. Just a little pause in the... I walked on the moon... <laughs> I was in the Sea of Tranquility one day thinking, gee, there's no traffic. And I realized, oh, we're the only ones up here. <laughs> well, th- those, that can be intolerable. Somebody always jumping in saying, I, hey, I, pay attention to me. I need some glory. I need some glory. Well, again, it's, it requires some discipline to say no. You know, the third helping of Cocoa Puffs. You can also just kind of shut your mouth. There's this old saying that, it's better to be quiet and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So, glory. Appetites. The desire for honor. The desire for uh, pleasure. Uh, 20 and 1. Chapter 20, verse 1. 
Talk about drugs. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. Whoever is led astray but is not wise. There are substances that you can escape from reality. One way to try to conform things, to seek harmony is to conform things to your own desires. And that's the temptation of wealthy people. Another thing to do is just escape from reality altogether. Immerse yourself in some alternate reality, uh, some uh, fantasy game or, a, or, or, or some kind of drug-induced state. I've been told that uh, people think they're really cool when they're stoned or whatever. Um, I saw a deal, uh, Steven Tyler. And he apparently would really get just rocked out of his mind before he went on stage. And his friends finally showed him a video of his concert. And in his mind, he was amazing. And then he saw a video of himself drunk and stumbling around or whatever he was. And he was so embarrassed that he was giving a bad show to people that he finally straightened up. Isn't that interesting? He was embarrassed because of his performance when he saw the feedback. That's when he dried up. So, you know, we can escape, but all it does is create brawling and strife. And 13.9, another thing to do with appetites. This one's an interesting one. 13.9, that is not it. 13.19. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. But it's an abomination to fools to depart from evil. So another thing that we can do is find something that's true that matches up with what we love doing and go pursue it with all our hearts. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So kind of the bottom line of this appetite is Find a channel for them that's constructive and true, that leads to harmony. And when something doesn't, either by, by amount or kind, choose life. So appetites. So one of the things we can do is say, am I living a wise life? Is take a look at our appetites and how we're interacting with them. The other big category, I would say, is personal interactions. No surprise that this would have a lot of uh, candidates. Let's look at uh, twenty-five, twenty-four. I'll, I'll do a men. I'll do a women. There's a few on the women, and the men is all over the place. So I'll just do a general category. Twenty-five, twenty-four. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Uh, somebody said, "Amen." Yeah, so women, what do women tend to do to try to get circumstances the way they want it? What do they use? Words. Yes, words. What kind of words? Men, what are the words they use to the most effect that you hate the most? Disrespect. Disrespect. Criticism. Uh, and, And what are they trying to do with that disrespect and criticism? Trying to herd you. Where are they trying to herd you? into the path they want you to go in. And what does that cause men to do? Yeah, paya. I want out of here, right? I, I do not want to do this. Or hunker down. I can just, I can just, uh, I can just make, you know, make this go away if I, just, if I just tough it out. Or block it out. It's another thing to do is block it out. It doesn't work, ladies. Men hate this. Often they won't tell you. You know why they won't tell you? Because in order to tell you, you have to use words. And that's your battleground where you're dominant. And men are reluctant to use words because they can't keep up with you. And they're scared to death of being rejected by you, so they'd rather just accommodate somehow. Because we're cowards. And we're brutes. Because the other big category for men that's just all over the place is violent and greedy men make the world a miserable place. Why are we violent? To get away, away, yeah. And it's pretty typical for 
uh, abusive men to be mostly accommodating. They take it, they take it, they take it, they take it, and then they lash out. And then they're sorry. And then you start the cycle all over again. Violence and greed. You know, that's, that's kind of the... That's testosterone, right? I'm going to use my physical strength to make things the way I want it to be. Well, obviously, the way around that is for us as men to channel that testosterone into something productive and constructive. And for the women to channel the, your wonderful uh, verbal gift into something productive and constructive. Well, let's look at 10-12. All of us mess up. What do we do, what do, we do if uh, you, you think to yourself, man, I've done a lot of that in my life. Well, here's, here's a real important thing for men and women both. 10-12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. I mean, all of us screw up. But if we have love, we have an opportunity to bring harmony again. That, that's what we're after. We're after, we're after interactions that bring life. That's why, that's why we want to be rich. Because we have this false notion that we can do this through control. But really, if people are coming together voluntarily and do it, you get, what, you get it anyway. That's kind of the point. Look at 9, 7 through 9. Here's a really good one. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you, or rebuke a, sorry, rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. Give instruction to a wise man. So here's a really good thing to test and see you know, about your, how much you're living your wise life. How much time are you spending with idiots? Trying to make them not be idiots. You're wasting your time. Uh, the pastoral staff here discovered something I thought was just amazingly wise. And I've taken it to heart ever since. They discovered that needy people, guess what? They're needy. And they would like it. And what they want is someone to reinforce their neediness. So they discovered they would give them one thing to do and say, do this, and then we'll talk to you again. And most of the time, they wouldn't do that. So they just stopped talking to them. I thought that was brilliant. Because you can't, you can't always figure out who's an idiot and wants, likes it that way, and who's an idiot and would like not to be. And they figured this out. The, the idiots that want to be idiots won't do anything. And the idiots who want to improve will actually change. This kind of goes back to the why do we go to the Bible thing, right? We're all idiots to various degrees. It's just a matter of degree, isn't it? Aren't we all in a 12-step program to overcome self? We're self-aholics, isn't that, isn't that true? All the addictions and everything are just kind of minor kind of subcategories of self-aholism. And the first part of self-aholism is to admit, I have a problem. It's me. I can't solve it by myself. I need a greater power. Well, you know, one of the things we can look at is am I spending time on people that don't want to get better? Well, that'd be a, create more harmony in our lives, wouldn't it, if we, if we do that? Look at 11.12. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor... But a man of understanding holds his peace. A talebearer reveals secrets, secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. So in interacting with our neighbors, the people we're around, there's actually ways to avoid conflict by just kind of keeping our mouths shut a lot of the time. If we're going to have a conflict, it ought to be over something that really matters. Uh, care for what you say is a very common notion all through Proverbs. In fact, one of the Proverbs says, see if I can find it here. One of the, one of the Proverbs says, 
1528, here it is. 1528. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Isn't that interesting? So not only are we slow to speak, fast to hear, slow to speak, we really think about, now, do I really want to talk to this person? If they're an idiot, what's probably the answer? Just don't say anything. It's not going to help. All it's going to do is is validate that they got your attention. And that's really all they want. They don't want to get better. So all you're doing is rewarding bad behavior. On the other hand, it might be that there's something very strategic that you can say that would help them take one step towards recovery. Well, that's worth saying. And it might be that there's a real important principle at stake that, that needs to be fought over. And a stand needs to be made. That may be, that may be very possible. And if that's going to be the case, there needs to be a careful consideration about how to put that together. You never want to go to war without a careful plan. Make sense? Well, we've got room for maybe a couple more. How about 1717? This is a great one. A friend loves at all times and a brother's born for adversity. Well, this is something in my political uh, wanderings I've learned. I have some friends that have come under really severe fire. You know what they found out? Who their friends were. It was a very painful lesson. (laughs) And a good one. Because a real friend's one that'll come alongside when the fire's in full. So that's something worth looking at. What kind of friend am I? How about 19.6? Many entreat the favor of nobility, and every man's a friend and one who gives gifts. Are you a gift giver? You know, I, I, that's not my, my orientation is to buy presents. It doesn't even occur to me. What I try to do is pick up the check. And I get invited to a lot of stuff just because they know I'll pay. I'm okay with it. I get, I get to go along. That mainly involves my kids. I know they would not. Have, I know I'm only being invited, so I'll pay. I'm okay with it. One more. 1632. He who's slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Uh, In the Great Leaders Program, what do you call this? Being emotion informed, not in motion led, or something like that? Okay, don't be emotion-led or emotionless. We all have emotions. In fact, I like to say that's why we act, is because of emotions. If you get really angry, you're forced to decide something, aren't you? What's one decision you can make? What is it? You're going to act on the anger no matter what. That's my point. What are the decisions you can make? What is it? Well, can you actually make that decision? I'm just going to stop being angry right now. Oh, I'm not angry anymore. Emotions are gone. Can you do that? You can work toward it. Can you actually do that in the moment? You really can't. You have to make a decision of an action to take. What's one action you can take? What is it? Yeah, I can choose not to act. Right now. I can say... Okay, I would like to uh, choke Trevor. Everything in me is saying choke. You know, Aah! and I can choose not to choke. I can do that, right? My anger is still forcing me to take a, an action. I'm taking. I'm, I've got my will, and I'm saying I'm not going to say anything right now. Uh, I learned this in basketball. I'm looking at you. I learned this in basketball. (laughs) And I learned I had to stop at the stand up and say one word. Because once I said one word, I was going to yell the whole game. (laughs) I I I just learned that was the case. 
And I've got some really bad stories about that. I will probably burn for my basketball experiences. By the time Wally was at Tech or whatever, I just sat passively in my chair. And I wouldn't even, I, I, some, a lot of times I wouldn't even yell for the team because I knew once I started yelling, I might yell at something else. Uh, because I had to take an action. Because injustice is happening on the floor. And I must fix it. And I can do so. They will, and they will change if I yell loud enough. What's that? Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm just being an idiot, you know, so I, and I'm embarrassed, but it's reality. Okay, so that's what I had to learn. I had to make a choice. And, you know, and the other thing I can do is just go ahead and lash out. That's why that's the other thing I can do. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you about you. If I tell you about you, I will feel better for the moment. And I can feel bad later. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of things in this great book, Proverbs, that we can look at and say, you know, am I, am I listening? Am I listening? Because what I want to be is rich. I want to have this harmonious life that fits in wonderfully with everybody else. I, I, want, I want to live a, a life of a king, of a potentate. And the way I do that is by living the way God made the world and stop fighting against it. And, and these are some ways I can look and say, am I listening? How, how well am I conforming my life? Because what I want to do is come to this Word and, and be rebuked and change because I want to be rich. I want to have great income. And I know that if I have actual tangible wealth, human wealth, it's just more responsibility. Okay, thank you, God. Thank you for visiting with us today for this fantastic book that you gave us that shows wisdom and that you don't change. You just change how, how and when you talk, but you don't change. It's so comforting to know that some things are stable and we can count on. I pray that you'll help us choose wisdom. I pray that you'll help us grow and become incredibly wealthy in your economy. In Jesus' name, amen.